0: Rot, 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 rot
1: an alien. Has anybody seen this ruling? A Michigan appeals court determined that a tire rotation does not, in fact, include tightening the lug nuts. The Car Doctor. Now, you got to understand something, folks. This is what happens when you allow the government to explain something to you about how a procedure should be done. What moron thinks you don't have to tighten lug nuts and do a tire rotation? Welcome
0: to the radio home of Ron and Anian. The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on
1: automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, have you talked to your kids about cars lately? Do they know how to take care of it? Are they ready to take it away? Are they ready to start driving it? beyond just getting their driver's license we're going to be talking about that this hour here today right now as we kick off this hour of the car doctor but uh let's do that and uh, let's kick the garage doors wide open and uh, welcome daryl from maine as we open up the phones right away we'll do that have that conversation with you as we go through this hour daryl welcome aboard sir how can i help what's going on well
0: how are you doing ron nice. Good, sir. i uh, got an 85 grand mark here i've had, it's a one-owner, my father bought it new and everything, He's kind of my toy, but... Okay. <laughs> the belts has been on here since before I got it from him 12 years ago. I just thought I'd change them. So sure,
1: why not? They're, it's a little over 30 years old, right? It's got a
0: couple of years on it. You do. Anyway, yeah. I get into that, and I'm trying to find out how to loosen up the belt. the One for the uh, small pump and uh, compressor. Right. And... I I can only find one bolt that might have a slot that you could move the idler totally, pull, pull But I'm trying to figure out how you're supposed to be able to get onto it. Cause does, I've got does, every wrench that I've had in there. Does
1: does does yeah, this yeah. have the big aluminum bracket leading up to the AC compressor? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so you found the bolt on the front side,
0: right? Uh. Well, I laid under it, and I look up. No, no, don't
1: no, do not do that. You'll just get dirty. So you don't need to do that. <laughs> um, this has the one, the, well, A- the AC, the water hose, the, the heater hose comes down around and sort of wiggle waggles around the AC compressor and comes up the back of the bracket, and it's 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 secured out of the way so it doesn't rub against the belt, right? This is the one that has that fixture because the, the heater hose runs so close to the AC compressor in that sense on the one side, and it comes up the back of yeah, the bracket. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's got an insulated
0: thing on there. Right. So yeah. That it'll rub. But, right. Yeah, so, that's the one. It's so, just that bracket is that's completely solid. That compressor. There's nothing slides there that I can see.
1: Right. Well, that tensioner bracket has has two bolts. One facing the front of the car, and one facing the back of the car.
0: Right.
1: Okay. So you probably yes. which one did you find? Did you find the one facing the front of the car?
0: Well, the one right under the pulley on the compressor there's one there. Right that I figured is a pivot point, and the one on the back is right behind the idler. Right. The only way I could even get to that was up through. Well, if
1: you can, you sort of have to bend your wrist in in two opposite (laughs) directions, but you can get to it from the back. What you might find works is, and I'm trying to remember if that's either 15 millimeter, no, it's 16 millimeter, I think
0: um okay, I had a sixteenths on it
1: but. and it, well, and it you know eighty five was Cold. a weird eighty five was a weird time period. It could be this size or that size. We hadn't gone completely yeah. to metric yet, and it was it, and I, and I've had it yeah. where I, I could have two eighty five grand marquees in the shop, and one would be more <laughs> metric than the other and one would be more standard yeah. than the other and th- 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 those were the days, boy um, you may find using an offset box wrench gains you some clearance, regardless of what size you think it is. So what I would probably try to do is I would take a socket in my hand and see if I can get a socket on there. That's how I would size it so I'm not frustrated trying to bend a wrench around things sideways. And then once I yeah. know the size for sure, then I would find either a, a single bo- a single offset box or a double offset box, something with a little bit more of a, of a depth to it that would allow me to yeah. spin that bolt so it would spin. Now, understand this. The front of that pulley has a half-inch drive squared tang hole in right. it. Right. Right. I'm looking right at it. Right. Yeah. If if you don't put a half-inch short stubby extension and a ratchet on that or a breaker bar on that to move the pulley, right. don't expect it to move on its own because okay. you'll, you'll be there all day long. It's Yeah. It's, I get it's, a
0: two-foot-long... Half-inch drive, it'll fit. There's yeah, and, that, and that's reach. all
1: you need. You need something to nudge it a little bit because that belt, as tight as it is, is actually – it was a very yeah. poorly made bracket, and it's actually, it's actually cocking the bracket to one side, keeping okay. it from moving. It's actually gouging it into that aluminum bracket. Uh, I remember that aluminum bracket. I looked at that, and I said, how could you make this out of aluminum? I guess we were into – Weight savings, or we had a bunch of soda cans left over. We melted them down and made AC brackets <laughs> for eighty-five more keys. But, yeah. uh, you know they're good cars. The car will probably go another five or six or ten or twenty
0: years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dad bought it brand new in eighty-five. Yep. Either that or end up in winter.
1: Either that or end up in New York City as a taxi cab if they paint it yellow. If so, uh, <laughs> they
0: pay me enough, they could have it. Probably, yeah, they, but. <laughs> there you go. It's, uh,
1: but they're good cars, brother. So all right, yeah. but that'll do
0: it for you. That'll do it. All right. I think I got. A, I also, got. it. I did find while I was waiting for the phone call. I've got a four-inch flexible extension. I might be able to swing that in over the smog pump and reach that bolt. Right. Almost yeah. Straight and on and,
1: it. and the smog pump is the the smog pump is the problem there. And yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of case. And here's the argument in the shop. I've got a lot of quarter-inch stuff, quarter-inch yeah. quarter-inch sockets, quarter-inch drive sockets that I've, right. got all, I've got all the way up to 16 millimeter now, with very long yeah. quarter inch drive ratchets. That uh, you know, credit to them, they're Snap On and they will take the beating that you yeah. c- you can pull on if you break it, you hand it back to the guy. But sometimes yeah. sometimes you can't get big stuff in there. It's just it's just right. impossible to do. And yeah, y- yeah, it's just no, not great not great ideas, not great ideas at yeah, all, yeah. brother. So. Yeah, it wasn't a
0: better idea. No, nope, that's uh, <laughs> you,
1: you know you you can tell <laughs> we'll where Ford. Yeah, you can tell where Ford wasn't thinking, and that that wasn't the days when they were. So uh, they've come no. a long way since then. I looked on YouTube and they don't even have nothing listed to do anything with it. So. Yeah, well, that's listen. Is that every, far back. <laughs> Daryl. Everybody on YouTube doesn't understand. Come on, it's that car's so old, nobody remembers that car. Well, I, I well, I've always done all my mechanic it pretty um, much, you yeah. know, as a rule. But this one hit mm-hmm. me a
0: little yeah, bit. No, but that's
1: know. it. You'll see. You get the bolt in the back. All it'll right. go. all right, kiddo. You take good care and uh, keep on listening to the Car Doctor. We appreciate it. Kay in West Virginia, eleven Kia. How can I help?
2: Hi, I appreciate your taking my call. You're welcome. Um, We've got a Kia Sedona 2011. Right. Uh, We checked the engine and oil before we took a trip to Virginia and then to Pittsburgh. Everything, there was oil splashed on the left side of the engine when you're looking at it. Okay. So we didn't have time to get that checked, so we just went on our way. To Virginia. Once we got to Pittsburgh, and then we're heading back down to West Virginia. It started leaking oil like crazy. I mean, we had to actually um, we put some stop leak in that didn't work. We probably put in eleven to twelve quarts of oil in order to get home from Pittsburgh to to uh, West Virginia, which was like a four-hour drive. Wow. Um, Key is. Kia is telling us it's the oil sending unit. We took it to a couple of other mechanics in town who are saying it's the major oil seal, which would be covered under warranty. Um, At Advance Auto, you can get a little oil sending unit for like twenty bucks. Kia is telling us it's one hundred and twenty plus four eighty eight to install, and we're just wondering whether or not they're trying to. Not covered under warranty, or whether it's really the oil sending unit. Uh, you have any ideas? Valid, all, all <laughs> valid,
1: all valid questions, Kay. And I can understand some of the confusion. First of all, let's talk about parts pricing. Y- you know, you're, you're in a lot of cases you're going to find the aftermarket parts are generally cheaper. In some cases, in most cases, um, I'm not impressed by cheaper parts. My concern is quality of part. So is yeah. thats that $20 part comparable to the $120 part, if that's what it truly is? And listen, it would be easy enough for you to check to see parts pricing. Just jump online, right in, just type in um, Kia Parts or Kia Online Auto Parts search. I guarantee you there's more than a few Kia dealers search- searching parts online. And if you, enter okay. in your, if you enter in your VIN or your make model of car and just type in oil pressure sending unit, you'll find it. And they'll tell you. Now, they may be a little bit cheaper. Things are always a little cheaper online. We're not paying for the brick-and-mortar building, and I understand that. So the value there is you, you buy it from the brick-and-mortar building and have that brick-and-mortar building install it. Now you've got somebody to go back to in the event that there's a problem under warranty. So the parts thing is easy to discern. Um, I'm, I wouldn't be okay. impressed by an auto parts house saying, "Hey, we can sell you the $120 part for 20 bucks," because it could be a it could be a white box offshore, you know, part that's you wouldn't use it to chalk the wheels if you didn't want to keep the car from rolling. If you follow what I'm saying, so the the value yeah. of the part okay. is easy. The difference okay. between the sending unit and the rear main seal. I find it hard to believe that it's a rear main seal pumping out 12 quarts of oil in a four-hour car ride. And, and this should be a fairly okay. easy diagnosis. This should be that if, we're, if we just simply wash away the area that's suspected, an oil pressure sender is going to be a hardcore pressure leak. Think of, think of a leak at the kitchen sink, all right? If okay. if the pressure pipe if the feed for the cold water line was leaking, you'd have a puddle underneath from the sink to the front door, right? It's just it's just yeah. spritzing out all the time. But if okay. it, if it was the seal around the sink where the sink meets the countertop, it's not going to be under any force and it's mm-hmm. not going to disperse nearly as fast. I I would think okay. this is an easy thing to see. And I would call up Kia and say, listen, here's my concern, and see what sort of reaction you get. You know, part of being a mechanic is bedside manner. It's it's how you explain things to people and how you talk to people. And if you're talking to people right. and not at them, you know, it generally it, it, it stands for what that repair shop's about. Who's your regular mechanic? Right. Is the Kia dealer your regular mechanic, or is one of the guys in town your regular mechanic?
2: One of our guys in okay. town.
1: So, your guy in town saw it, and he said it's the rear main seal?
2: Um, One of the guys actually put it up on a lift, and that's what he said he thought it was.
1: But was that your regular mechanic, the guy you normally go to?
2: Um, No, he was somebody else. Right. He wasn't our regular guy. Our regular guy did a visual look under the car, and it was leaking on their parking lot, so... Um, that's determination
1: the that they came up with. Um, so so nobody so, really. So so nobody of consequence or that we really trust has put it up in the air, washed it down, and diagnosed it to this point. Correct. Then we I do think you have another point? Yeah. I was going to say. Then I think I'll tell you what. Stay right where you are, okay? Let me pull over, take the pause. I don't want to rush. This is a good question. Good storyline. Um, we'll come back to you right after this. I'm Ronan in the car doctor. Don't go away.
3: Don't call us. That's right. If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron. 855-560-9900. Speaking of Ron, here he is. Hey,
1: we're talking with Kay in West Virginia. Kay, you're still there? Yes, sir. So, you know, the, 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 the final solution here comes back to, A, what's that sender really worth? I'm thinking about it during the pause and I'm saying 120 bucks sounds like a lot of money. Either that or we're talking about two different parts. So I, I think you've got to check that online. That's the first step. You know, I okay. could I, I, could see and, and understand, you're going to see some variation on pricing because any business is going to put a certain amount of overhead on that part coming to market. You know, what does it take to get there? I mean, there's a, you know, so if, if it's if it's 20 bucks and they put $10 on it, $15 on it, okay, I understand that. $120 sounds right. like a, sounds like a lot, all right? So right. Th- that could be the first step. Well, how, Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Your question? How
2: about The 488 for labor, is it a difficult part to replace?
1: Well, if it's the part I'm thinking of, I believe it's on the number two or forward cylinder bank over on the passenger side of the engine. It's up top, it's fairly accessible. So, how how did they come to the 488? And again,. Any repair shop charges you something, they, they they should have to justify that cost in some way, shape, or form. And I'm not saying every repair. If every repair for every customer required, here's how we're going to do it, and here's why it's going to take so long. Imagine going to your doctor, and every time you went in for an operation, he had to sit down and explain the process to you and why it cost what it would cost. Nothing would ever get done in this country. So a reasonable is, hey, Kay, you know, it's it's... It's it's three and a half or four hours of we have to take this particular part out, all right. But I'm thinking that okay. that oil pressure sender is up top on the pass on the forward cylinder head or bank number two, and it's fairly accessible. So where did they come up with the 488? Now you know it, a lot of it depends on what do they charge per hour. I've 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 always used a hundred, 120 dollars an hour is a good barometer. So if we say it's a hundred an hour they're saying it's almost 5 hours of time if it's 120 it's almost 4 hours of time um yeah. 4 hours sounds excessive so yeah. you know is there is there a disconnect and i always try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt by thinking that is there a disconnect are we talking about 488 is the total price 120 for the sender and 3 hours to you know do the part And maybe part of those three hours is to clean up the excess oil. Maybe they're going to try and get it rid of us, because I'm sure the oil is hitting the rear bumper if it's pumping it out, um, you know, four quarts, or, you know, I'm sorry, 12 quarts in a four-hour trip. It's got to be everywhere.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was all over the back of the vehicle. Right. So it's
1: it's, got to be everywhere. Um, I can say in my 43 going on 44 years of repairing cars, I've never seen a rear main seal pump out oil that much. Um, it would, okay. it would it, you know, to me that would be really excessive. But to me, this is an easy diagnosis. Wash it down, start it up. Where's the leak? If this is a pressure leak out of the sender and it's up top of the motor, like I believe it to be, if that's the one we're talking about, we're gonna see it right away. It's, it's sort okay. of obvious. You can probably, if you have the car there at home today, you could pop the hood and go over and look on the passenger side front of the motor. You'll see a motor mount and you may, see, um, you may see oil in that area on the passenger side front motor mount down where the AC hose comes into the compressor. And if it's soaking wet with oil up there, if the top of the motor yeah. is wet with oil, that's not a rear main yes. seal. The rear main seal is down underneath in the back of the engine. Um, okay. You know, yeah,
2: it's up, it's up by the whole side
1: of the... Passenger side the of the uh, car.
2: Rear, yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, That's that's a, that's a pressure. That sounds like an oil sender to me. So, which is kind of scary and, because okay. if the other mechanics can't tell the difference between the oil pressure sender at the top and the rear main seal at the bottom, we got a problem we there to too. New,
2: <laughs> we need to get a new mechanic. You need to get a new mechanic um,
1: is right. Um, yeah. uh, but that's where I think you Can are, darling.
2: Okay, may I ask you one more question in regard to this? Real quick. Okay, what is the purpose of the oil pressure sending unit besides being the indicator on the dash?
1: That's it. Well, some cars will have double function where where they will monitor the oil pressure through the sending unit on certain manufacturers to turn on or off the fuel pump as an override safety in the event the vehicle's in an accident. But to my knowledge on that car and the majority of cars, it's really just... Oil pressure for oil pressure, warning light on the dash or to run the gauge on the dash. Other than that, that's, that's really it. Um, I, I've got to say, though, in conclusion, five, six hundred bucks to replace an oil pressure sender if we 488 plus 120 600 something doesn't sound right we've got to get a better explanation and it's it's within your right to ask for a written estimate i don't know of any state where that's not not permitted that you can say hey break it down for me and give me a good reason i'm trying to make you my mechanic okay i appreciate the call and thanks for being part of the car doctor family i'm ron Anini and in the car doctor we're back right after this Welcome back. Just a reminder, this portion of The Car Doctor is brought to you by Ford. Keep in mind, if you're driving a Ford product, you want to make sure you're using Motorcraft parts for all your repair and maintenance needs. For close to five decades, Motorcraft has stood the name, has been the name that stood for durability and quality. Motorcraft parts offer OE-approved specifications and performance for all Ford and Lincoln repairs. Motorcraft offers an extensive parts lineup, which means that you'll find the right part with the right fit. The first time, helping to reduce vehicle downtime. Motorcraft, right part priced right let's get back to the show speaking of getting back to the show where we start where we start at the top of the hour you know your kids have you talked to your kids about their car or you, maybe it's your car they're driving and you want them they're going to take it away on a long trip or they're going to take it away on vacation or they're going to go to wait they're going to go to college with it do you talk to your kids about the car you better talk to the kids about the car before they have the problem some basic things do they know how to check fluids Do they know what the fluids are? Do they know how the fluids have to be serviced? An owner's manual has an awful lot of information in it today. And while there's a certain science to breaking down that owner's manual and how to make it work, I like to go to the back index a lot because there's a lot of information you'll pick up, you know, how to set the clock. If you look it up in the front, is it under instrumentation? Is it under maintenance? Is it under, you know, electronics adjustments? Is it under dashboard? There's a hundred places you could think of. If you go to the index, look up clock, reset, boom, there it is. But fluids, your kids should know. What the basic fluids are, what they can get to, oil, brake fluid, washer fluid, and just to know, hey, here's the coolant level, never take the top off the radiator cap, but know where the coolant level is and understand. So if they're on a long trip and they want to check fluid levels day to day, they understand what it is they're looking at. Is there a flashlight in the car? Just a small flashlight. They make them today in so many shapes and sizes, right? With with long life batteries, just to have a flashlight so that they're not stuck out there in the dark trying to fix something by the side of the road using a match. Um, yeah, days of sordid youth. Look at the tires. Do your kids understand what it is about? You know, good tires, bad tires, underinflated, overinflated. Do they know how to put air in the tire? Do you know how to put air in the tire? I'm hoping you do. I'm hoping you've been driving a while. You've kind of been down the road. And think back to all the problems that you've had over the past 10, 20, 30, or in my case, more years, driving a car and all the things that could have gone wrong and, you know, how you overcame all the obstacles. That's what it's about. It's about keeping the kids safe. More to come right now. Let's get back to the phones. Let's go over and talk to Francie in Michigan with a 95 Ford Crown Vic. Francie, how can I help? Welcome to the car, doctor.
3: Hi, can you hear me okay?
1: I sure can. Can you hear me okay?
3: Yeah, I'm good. Hey, we're good. This is
1: radio. What's going on?
3: So, um, we have inherited from our mother-in-law who passed a 1995 Crown Vic with uh, 53,000 miles on it. Okay. Nice and low. Right. So, hasn't even really been broken in yet. But since She's had the car and never fixed this issue. Um, you get to—I I believe you—you you used to be able to go uh, uh, higher mileage on it, but at, when, once you get to 40 miles an hour, it's—it starts to shimmy.
1: Sounds like um, this. This sounds like airplane. It's starting to shimmy. It's starting to shake. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh oh. The images that come to mind. Um, so it's—it's—it's it's, it's doing a shimmy at 40. Is it? Like a hula in the seat of your pants? Is the steering wheel shaking? Is it?
3: It's like a. Um... You just see a, feel vibration in the car- vehicle. So
1: is it, Fran- Francie? Your voice is changing. Um Is, yeah. it, is it? Wow, look My at that! Husband. Huh? Oh, He's I,
3: sitting here with. I, I
1: kind of figured. Um, so, so is it just a vibration throughout the vehicle?
3: It's almost like a, a in hesitation the engine, in the engine block area. Yeah.
1: So let me ask you this, is it if have you tried coasting at 40? It's right at 40. Does it continue or does it go away if you go faster?
3: Goes away if you go faster.
1: Does it feel like if you're does it feel like it's coming from the rear of the car? No, from the front. From the front. So I'm sure you've been down the road where you've no pun intended, where it's you've had the tires checked for balance and straight? Yeah. Okay. And everything looked fine.
3: Yeah, I Um, think it's my, personally, I think it's the transmission.
1: Well, so if you're holding it right at 40, and you, this has, this has uh, one D and D with a circle on the shift indicator? Okay. If you look at the shifter?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, if you drive it in D,
0: does it do it? Yeah. Right.
1: Well, not, not D with a circle if you drive it in D, so it won't go into overdrive. That's the difference. Okay. One is overdrive, one is without overdrive. If you drive the trans in in drive so overdrive doesn't engage, does it have the vibration? I don't know. Okay, that's step one. Step two, if it still has the vibration, when the vibration's happening, while you're applying the gas, if you tap the brake pedal, does the vibration go away? If the vibration goes away, what you're doing is when you tap the brake pedal, the computer sees that as an interpretation of you wanting to stop and slow down, and it will disengage torque converter lockup if it's a torque converter shutter.
3: Um, I just noticed that when you're on the freeway and stuff mostly, or when I'm a you know that has a, a fairly high speed, right, you, can, you know, it shifts. Okay.
1: So the third thing I want to mention is the fact that this is original with such little mileage on it. The reason I asked, you know, where do you feel it from? I'm wondering if this is a bad universal joint front or back and not necessarily a universal joint that somebody would know by looking at, like, is it worn out? But is it a bad universal joint such that it's frozen or rusted? It's it's just stuck and it doesn't have the ability to flex and you get up to 38 40 miles an hour and all of a sudden it's gone into this vibration mode and it's it's constant for the next 15 or 20 miles
0: no it's
3: not it's like for five miles five miles an hour watch it feels like when it's shifting gears myself
1: okay all right well like i say you've got to you've got to either drive it in a different gear position or tap okay. tap the brake pedal and see if that makes a difference if it doesn't right if it doesn't and you're absolutely sure tires are balanced, wheels are straight, you know, just cuz tires can be balanced doesn't mean they're straight. All right? Yeah. In terms of doesn't mean wheels are straight. Looking at the wheels while they're on the balancer is also a good indicator too. So okay. then then the next step would be just for giggles, it'll take 10 minutes, pull the drive shaft down, feel both u joints. What do they feel like? Do they feel flexible? Do they have movement? All right, yeah,
3: that really helped. thank you
1: you're very welcome. Let us know what happens i I will okay, thanks thank you goodbye okay. to both of you. Good Take luck here. to you you're welcome bye bye gee i thought I thought I thought Francie went through went, went through a change there or something all of a sudden it was you know I thought I was talking to Tom um, I wasn't quite sure what the heck happened. Hey, when the car doctor returns, we're going to continue the conversation. your kids do they know how to with the car I'm Ron and Andy, the car doctor. don't go away. We're back right after this. Welcome back. We're on and the car doctor here. Let's uh, get over to Dodge in Delaware. This is getting confusing, Dodge. It's Dodge in Delaware driving a Jeep. How come it's not, well, I guess you can't be Delaware and Dodge driving a Jeep, but I get it. So, how are you
3: today, Dodge? Well, my father my father always told me never buy a Chrysler. And I did.
1: <laughs> well, you know what you know what Jeep stands for, don't you?
3: I can imagine.
1: Just expect expensive. Uh, oh, just oh, uh, oh, oh, junk each and every part. I'm sorry, I had a thing for a second. I got, I got stymied. I was thinking about something else. Um, Jeep junk each and every part. So, uh, you don't, you don't want to. You want to know what Dodge stands for, don't you?
3: You want to know what Ford stands for, don't
1: you? I know what Ford stands for. So, Dodge is. Uh, um, Drips oil, drips grease everywhere. I hope that doesn't. I hope that's not your description. I'm <laughs> so, not.
3: I'm not there yet. Not
1: there yet, but soon. So, what's going on with this Jeep, brother?
3: Thanks. With the Jeep, yeah. All of a sudden, the brakes got spongy or soft. Okay. And now I notice it sort of changed. Uh, the brake pedal was going to the floor, and uh, we put a master cylinder on it. And now it's just completely changed. Now it's if you let the car sit, it's got a hard brake pedal, but when you push that button and push on the brake to start it, it just dumps to the floor.
1: Okay. So what I want you to do is make sure, even if in, even if in your mind's eye you remember it being there, I want you to pull the master cylinder back off and make sure the O-ring is there that seals it to the booster. Because there's supposed to be a, there's supposed to be an O ring there from what I remember from the ones I've done that there is an O ring that seals the booster and the master together. And I've also seen it where it's it's kinda rusty and it, it's it's cruddy and it sticks to the old master when you change it and you don't realize it's there and it gets tossed. So make sure that O ring seal is there, make sure it's in good shape, make sure it's not rusty, cruddy or cut. Okay? That's that's number one.
3: So everything was pretty clean. The car, it's a really clean car. No. But no. I can do that.
1: You know, did you... You where think i be
3: able to do that without breaking those lines
1: loose? You probably should be able to pull it forward just enough. You may have to put a mirror underneath it just to, just to see it. I just want to know that it's there. That's all. Um, quick yeah. and simple. So, number one, number... I, two, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, you start. I was,
3: you go ahead, number two.
1: I was going to say, number two, we've had a lot of issues with boosters on this particular truck. A lot of issues. That's where I was going. Yeah. And, you know, the old rule still applies. Pump the pedal 10, 12, 15 times. It should be, you know, hard like a rock, and then start it up, and that pedal should drop away an inch, inch and a half, two inches, because vacuum is going to override and pull it down. If that pedal doesn't have an immediate response to it and then feel like it's got power assist... I'm going to tell you, you in all likelihood have a bad booster. And, you know, that's 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 part of this problem. Now, the, now, the part about the pedal going to the floor,
3: you know, it'd be when easy. When you crank it.
1: What do you mean when you crank it?
3: Say, I just did it like a half an hour ago. I, I, I let it sit. I went out there, and I had like half a pedal, and I pumped it up. I had all the way hard pedal, and I started the car, and then it just... Jumped. I didn't let it go all the way to the floor, but it, that's where it was going.
2: <laughs> mm.
1: so,
3: as soon as you crank
1: it, unless unless the booster is pulling it down. But I've never really measured that. I've never sat there and said, "Hey, how good are the brakes when I want to go to start it?" Let's 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 judge them for what they are when we're just trying to stop. So when you when you're pulling up to a stop sign from forty miles an hour, put your foot on the brake. Does it go to the floor?
3: No. Okay. Stop normal? We did a couple of panic stops last night just to try to see what was going on. It seems to work okay.
1: Okay. So then what's your complaint here, the fact that the pedal's hard? Dodge?
3: There's something wrong. It's not like it was. You know uh, when a booster goes, goes bad, it makes that huff noise?
1: Right, the hiss.
3: Right. It's doing that. And and the pedal was spongy now, and it's way closer to the floor than it used to be.
1: Okay, maybe we're missing the O-ring by the master cylinder. The plot thickens.
3: <laughs> maybe I'll have to get yeah. Dick, Dick Tracy to look. For
1: yeah, me. you know, it 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 could very well be that simple, brother. So, but if it if if the pedal changed since you replaced the master, remember the rule. All right, do you still have the old master? I I do. Okay, good, because there's no rule saying you know what does new stand for. As long as we started this conversation with acronyms, what does new stand for? Dodge. Man,
3: I got
1: you. Never ever worked. And then how do we know that it's how do we know that it's the right part just because the catalog said so? Did you match it up? Did you because look at did you look at the throw of the push rod going into the old master? The depth of the push I, rod. I matched them right? up. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they look the same as okay. best as I can tell. I got it from the Jeep dealer.
1: Alright, then chances are Nothing it's right. But it. I would I would I would just want to make sure that that O-ring is there and then call me back next week.
3: All right, kiddo? Okay, I'll check that. All right. All right.
1: You have a good rest of the weekend. Thanks. 855-560-9900. Trust me, look at the small stuff first. I'm Ron Anady, the car doctor. I'll be back right after this. <laughs> Welcome back. We're on The Car Doctor, winding it down this hour. You know, there's so many things you can do with your kids and cars and teaching them and giving them the basics to avoid that panicked phone call. We've been talking about it this hour here on The Car Doctor. And I want to close it out with this. Simple stuff. Have you walked around the car looking at all the lights? Do they understand wh- what the brake lights are, where they are? Obviously, they're in the back of the car. But some cars, there's two brake lights on each side one on the deck lid one on the trunk and one on the outer portion or in the outer tail light. you know just looking at lights is gonna number one keep them safe number two if they have an issue it will avoid them being pulled over unnecessarily maybe when they're doing the wrong thing not the kids do the wrong things in cars i was a little angel i'm sure but you know just just look at the lights. It doesn't hurt, okay? Um, you avoid the ticket. You know, sometimes that car is driving around without a headlight. And listen, I've been in cars. It took me, uh, it took me a week and a half to realize, because I don't go out that much in the dark, the Suburban had a left headlight out recently. And I was like, well, I must be getting old. I can't see anything. So I realized, geez, the headlights out on the left side, the low beam. Look at this. I've got to pay more attention. Um, and last... All right, last, and I'm going to tell you about flat tires, and, you know, should they know how to change a flat tire? Do they know where the flat tire is? Do they know where all the components are and all the things necessary? Do they know what the wheel lock is, where the wheel lock key is? Do you know where the wheel lock key is? So basics about the car. What do you know so you can avoid the problem when there's an emergency? I think the most important thing that all of us need to understand is what do the dash lights mean? You ever look at a dashboard we had a 2019 uh, Cadillac Escalade in the shop just Friday, Thursday this week. My god, it's got a dashboard like a pinball machine. $93,000 vehicle. I almost fell over when he told me. All right, it's got every bell and whistle, every option, but he can program the dashboard and make, you know, move this around and put this over here and but all the icons, all the things that light up And he started asking me questions about what does this mean and what does that mean? I said, you know what? Let's get out the owner's man. And we went through it. There was almost seven pages explaining what dashboard lights mean. You know, I'm not saying you got to memorize everything, but to understand what lights mean pull over now and what lights mean, hey, when you get to a repair shop or a gas station, have somebody look at it. You know, sometimes knowing what dash lights mean can mean the difference between, oops, we need an engine and... Oops, we're okay. We were able to get home. I'm Ron Amy in the car doctor reminding you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you.